Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Amen. I want to introduce you to the guy that took a chance on me. Without him, I wouldn't be here. But some of you are like, excellent. I would have been better. There's so many better preachers out there. Um, so, you know, thank him or, or dislike him, either one. Pastor Tim Kenneth Coon, my father in Christ. Let's start by gathering around the word. From the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who among us is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called the little child to him and placed the child in their midst and said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, the kingdom of God will be far away. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. It's great to be with you. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and greetings from Lutheridge. It's great to be with you on this this Camp Sunday. One of the great blessings of being a camp director is that I get to work with about 90 to 100 college, does that mean? We put together a staff of about 90 to 100 college-age folks every summer that are going to be the leadership team for camp. And then I get to watch these people grow in leadership. So I met Matt when he was 18 and interviewed him to be a counselor. And what I really wish that I had done, I've been there 25 years, and I really wish that I would have taken uh, before and after pictures. You know that after 25 years, 100, there's been several thousand staff. And of those, people have gone to all sorts of leadership and that about 200 have gone on to church leadership, spiritual leadership. And I really would have liked to have taken before and after pictures of that group. There would be two walls. There would be the of course wall. Of course they're a pastor now. Of course they're a spiritual leader now. That would be Kevin Strickland was on our staff. He came, and he came with a lot of maturity. Uh, He came, he was really interested in worship, worship at camp, worship in the congregation. He uh, liked to spend a lot of time with adults. Kevin Strickland, that was on our staff, is now living in Chicago. He is the head of worship for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And I would put him on the, of course, wall. Of course, Kevin ended up overseeing worship. Pastor Melody Simpkins, she would be on the, of course, wall. Of course, she's using her gifts for spiritual leadership. Then there is the, God can use anyone wall. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's, it's a full wall, too. I am on that wall. And your pastor, Matt, is on (laughs) that wall. And it's been a joy to 
see him grow. And actually, I will say that I remember driving and getting a phone call from Matt after he had left and after he had finished college and when he was a young entrepreneur. And he called to share with me that he received a call from God. And I thought, of course you did. And then he let me know that he was part of this new community here in Christ South. And I thought, of course, God is using you in that way. So it's really a joy for me to be here with you and this community and celebrate God's word with Pastor Matt. And I'm still not sure if this is the before or after picture of Pastor Matt, but um, I want to share a little bit of information just about Lutheridge. I know that not everyone has been there. Lutheridge Camp where my wife and I are program directors, is in Asheville, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville. Asheville has kind of grown now to, uh, to, to include us. We're a part of a four-site ministry called Novus Way. There are four camps, Luther Ridge. Luther Rock is near Boone, North Carolina. Luther Ranch is outside of Atlanta. Luther Springs is in north central Florida. Together, we're an outdoor ministry called Novus Way Ministries. Lutheridge is about 70 years old. We have a year-round program there. My wife is leading a program called Wild Women's Weekend this weekend. She started it when we first arrived 25 years ago. She had 40 women that came on Super Bowl Sunday. And now this year, there's five weekends of about 600 women and uh, she is there. So we have a number of year-round programs for adult and family. We've started a program called 50 Forward, which is for people kind of on either side of retirement. And I'm leading backpack trips and canoe trips for them. And we have an annual conference uh, in the fall because it's a population like myself that has raised children and had successful careers. and. Uh, because of our health, we're wondering, well, what does God have for us now? So that's a new program as, as well. Church groups come and just use us for council retreats and congregational retreats. And then we have a summer program that we put together, of which I've already made mention. And that has about 3,000 children and youth a summer at Lutheridge uh, for eight weeks. So that's kind of the centerpiece of that uh, camp program. Do we have just the, um, that one slide, that first slide just shows the entrance of Lutheridge. Let's just put that up so we can kind of, you can kind of get a picture of just what that front is. Um, I want to thank you, Christ Lutheran, for the ways that you are involved in ministry at Lutheridge already. Uh, Christ Luther makes great use of Lutheridge just as a place of retreat. Two weeks ago, there was a family camp there that Pastor Matt and Pastor Melody left. You support us that way. Last week, Pastor Matt and Pastor Melody actually came up and helped Mary and I teach our confirmation program. They taught baptism. There's some folks that are at Christ Providence, Mark and Gwen Glazer, musicians there that have been really instrumental in shaping the Music Week program at Lutheridge. We partner with Christ Lutheran to work with a population at McClintock Middle School and that Christ Lutheran provides transportation to get some 
youth that would otherwise not be able to come to camp up and experience uh, camp life. So we're connected and partnered with Christ Lutheran in many, many ways, and uh, that for which we're very, very thankful, as well as having had a number of counselors that have come from Christ Lutheran. Christ Lutheran has always had a very strong faith formation program, and we can tell because we've had some folks from Christ Lutheran that have just made excellent counselors. So I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about the ministry and also the ways that Christ Lutheran is involved, and thank you for that because it's been really a, a rich, rich ministry. For me, the value of camp is more important today than when I began 25 years ago. And to get us thinking about that a little bit, what I want you to do is um, we're going to go both ways so that if you're not in a long line of people, it's still going to work. But I want you to take your left hand and just put it out flat next to you. Then I want you to take the index finger on your right hand and place it in the palm of the person next to you. Okay? Good. Now. On the count of three, you are going to try to catch the finger that's next to you while you try to get away from the hand on your right. Make sense? Go! <laughs> All right, we'll try that one more time. Left hand out, right finger. Ready, set, go! Okay, okay, turn it around, right hand, right hand, right hand flat, left, index, finger, set, go! <laughs> For me, the value of camp and outdoor ministry is rooted in that activity. Uh, first of all, uh, we need to get away. We just need to get away. We need to unplug. We need to slow down. Jesus did it with his disciples. He went to a quiet place to pray, and there they saw Jesus in a new way, transfigured. Moses went away, went up a mountain. God spoke the Ten Commandments. Jesus himself went away. We have more need to get away now than we ever have before. And that if we really want to listen to God, then we need to get a way to do that. Now, what do we get? What do we get? Um, is that second slide? Put that second slide up there. We get a number of things. Uh, first thing we get is just time to be outside. Time to be outside. I left Asheville in the dark. I came here. I saw a sunset that was pink and orange and glorious, and I thought, God is alive. And when I talk to children and youth about, do you believe God? How, why do you believe God? They point to nature. That the easiest way to start believing and instilling faith in our children is just to get them outside because it's first article stuff. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And spending time outside gets us time with our maker. 
and that even at 62, if you asked me, why do you believe in God, I would take you outside and point to trees and mountains. Another thing we get is we get to live in community for a week, whether we're there as a young person in a cabin group, whether we're there as family camp. We just get to live out our faith for a week, and we learn that, that faith isn't the set of beliefs that we have to understand in order to get to heaven. No, no, no. It's just a way of living. And that at camp, we get to do it for an entire week. And we get to do it with a rather cool college-age counselor, mentor for a week, who is going to say, yeah, yeah, when I lived at home in high school, I had to go to church because it was a rule in my house. But now I am in college, or I'm out on my own, and I'm working. And this is why I choose to stay connected to a Christian community. This is who Jesus is to me. And having a person like that share their faith to young people is better than anything that I can say. We go to camp to live in community. We go to camp to be in uh, with a counselor. We go to camp because it's a place where I've seen over and over and over again faith move from here to here. That faith goes from head, something that I have to understand, something that I have to believe, some set of rules that I have to hold on to, to here. That is, God is alive and my faith is a tool and a resource that I'm going to be able to use. I have a niece. Let me start by saying she's still living because I told this story not long ago and at the end, everyone came up to me and said, is she still living? So I forgot that part. But Courtney is still living. She's a school teacher in Milwaukee where I grew up and she came down to camp every year. Music week, the same week Pastor Matt went to, the same week that some of you are going to go to. She came to music week every year after her junior year, she was at camp, and she was having a hard time um, with headaches. She was having a hard time keeping food down. Uh, my sister came down and got her early. They got back up to Milwaukee on Saturday. By Friday, Courtney was in a hospital room about to have surgery to try to remove a brain tumor. And I was able to talk to Courtney on the night before. This was a tumor that was wrapped around her brain stem, and they were worried that in trying to remove this tumor that they were going to, um, might be paralysis, it might be loss of speech, it might be death. It was going to take like 17, 18 hours. They were just going to try to take a little bit at a time over that. And I got a chance to talk with Courtney on the night before surgery and just ask her, from where is she getting her strength? She was facing something that I hadn't had to face yet, the possibility that I'm not going to wake up. I said, Courtney, where is it that you get your strength? And she said, I just close my eyes, think about being at camp, 
Think about being with my cabin group, singing songs about Jesus. Courtney did survive. They didn't get all the tumor. She actually had to go back again, and she'll probably have to go back again. But what I want to share is that for all those years that Courtney was there, she didn't look, if you took a before and after picture, she didn't look any different after. Not like when I sent my son to soccer camp and he came back a better soccer player, right? After this week at camp or these five years at camp or these 10 years at camp, it's kind of hard to tell. Is there any change there? Until she really needed her faith. And then it was there. And so I've seen faith go from here to here in ways that becomes a wonderful gift for people when it's needed. And lastly, what I see at camp, and let's see, let's put up a, here is a good one right there. Camp is a place where kids can be kids, where kids can be kids, which is really important. I'm talking about like, like, like when I grew up, like go outside and play until the yard lights come on, okay? This is go outside and play in the dark. This is go outside and play even if it's raining. This is, let's not, let's just put away our phones and our games for a little while and let's build forts out of mattresses. This is just kids being kids. And when I see family camp, I see parents being kids. And when we have grandparents camp, which is just a half week program, which is about as much as a grandparent can take, you know, that, and I watch a grandparent go down this slide at our new pool and splash, I get grandparents being kids. Camp is just a place that helps us be childlike, which brings us to the gospel. In answering the question, who is the greatest? You could just see the disciples kind of puff themselves up a little bit, you know? One must have understood the message a little bit more. One was more articulate. One had plans of building the church. Which one of us? is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus takes a child, a little child, it says, and places him in the midst and looks at the disciples and says, something before where you are, that somehow this child is closer to the kingdom than you disciples are. Now, I have spent a career watching children, and I can think of lots of reasons that Jesus would take a child and use this vulnerable, dependent child to be an example of a kingdom person. I have a son who is now um, serving a congregation in Greensboro, North Carolina. Last year was his intern year. He was up in Minneapolis. He has a three-year-old, Nora's our oldest granddaughter. Matthew took us out to a place called Breaking Bread, 
which is just a restaurant that is set up community-like. There's long tables rather than booths. So you sit down, but you would have maybe some families next to you. And so um, we were waiting for our food. Nora actually got her food a little bit earlier, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Our food came, and so as our habit of our family, we hold hands to pray. And so Nora was on the end. We started holding hands. Nora reached her hand up, and there was a family next to her. There was a black family, an older black woman, who looked at Nora, and we just said, she's inviting you to pray. And so this woman reached her hand out to Nora, who at that time pulled her hand back. And we thought, oh, no, this was going to be perfect. But now <laughs> it's someone different. It's someone that looks different. Nora took her napkin, wiped the jelly off her hand, and extended it back out. Children don't start prejudice. We learn to be prejudiced. And children don't start scared. We learn to be scared. And children don't start worrying about being judged. We learn to be judged. And children don't start out in political camps. They learn how to be politically polarized. And children don't start stressed out about a mortgage. They learn how to stress out. It doesn't surprise me that Jesus says, become like a child to come into the kingdom to let go of all those cares and burdens and all those things that we have to do and just be loved as a child of God. So we can give thanks for the ways that children model to us what it means to be a kingdom child. We can give thanks for the ways that this congregation nurtures children in the faith but mostly we give thanks for a Savior who became vulnerable on a cross, totally trusting that God would deliver as God did on Easter. Let's pray. Dear gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of children and their witness to us being kingdom people. Thank you for putting them in our midst, Lords. We give you thanks for places of nurture, home congregations, and camp settings to help us grow in faith. We give you thanks for your son who modeled for us childlike vulnerability and dependency on a great God. Help us trust as a child. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. 
We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.